Hello, welcome to Bible Read Me. I'm Charles Vanderson. Today I will begin summarizing the reading beginning with April 16, day 106. We read that David's brothers and relatives joined him in the cave of Adullam, and his parents moved to Moab in fear of their lives, no doubt. 400 people of various reputations, both good and bad, defected to David's company. God was with David and directed him to move back to Judah, where Saul interpreted his return as an act of aggression. Wicked Doeg revealed that the innocent priest Ahimelech fed David and gave him Goliath's sword. Saul accused him of treason, but his soldiers refused to kill the priests of the Lord, who were all wearing holy garments. So Doeg himself, in a demonic rage, killed all 85 of the priests, then he killed all their families, even the babies and animals. Only Abiathar survived and brought the aphod to David. David saved the people of Keilah, but God revealed that they were loyal to Saul, so he and his followers left them to live as nomads. April the 17th, day 107. We read that David's personal army grew to 600 they continued to move around so that Saul and his army of 3,000 were unable to find them. Once, when they were nearly discovered, a report of Philistine aggression came to Saul, so he broke off the search, ignorant of his near success. Jonathan found David, and they renewed their oath of loyalty to each other. Then Saul resumed the cat-and-mouse game, but God protected David. Even though it would have been justifiable in human reasoning, David refused the opportunity to kill Saul in his vulnerable position as he relieved himself in the very cave in which David was hiding. After Saul left the cave, David proved his loyalty, calling him father, by showing a piece of cloth missing from the king's robe. Saul was humbled by the way David treated him even though he was an enemy. Finally, David's angry plan towards rich and greedy Nabal was thwarted by Nabal's wife, Abigail. She effectively persuaded David to refrain from following through on his rash decision by reminding him of the future ramifications if he were to slaughter all the men. Then, when Nabal died of a stroke ten days later, David took her to be his second wife. April 18, Day 108 We read how David had another opportunity to take Saul's life, but instead only took proof of such to demonstrate his loyalty and mercy. Saul called him son, and David called him my lord the king. But wisely, David did not trust him, so he and his followers defected to the land of the Philistines, where they supported themselves by raiding their neighbors, killing every eyewitness so that no one could expose their deed. Then he would describe his adventurous exploits to King Achish, who was deceived into thinking that David was attacking his former countrymen back in Judah, thereby making himself an enemy of Israel and a most loyal subject dependent on the Philistines. In desperation, Saul consulted the now deceased Samuel via a medium, the only time this is done in Scripture. For the first time, Samuel reveals the name of the man that God had chosen to replace Saul. 
David is saved from the situation of possibly having to battle his own countrymen by the Philistines' fear of his potential turncoat in battle. No doubt they remembered what happened in 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 21. April the 19th, day 109. We read how while David and his men were away, the Amalekites came and took everything and everybody from their homes. A note is made in Scripture that they did not kill anyone. This was probably because there was no need for a battle since there were only women and children and they could not defend themselves. When David and his men returned to learn of their loss, they pursued them, killed all but 400 of the Amalekite attackers, and recovered all the plunder of which they had taken. Then David established a rule that the guards at home must receive a division of the booty of which the active warriors won. Actually, Moses did the same thing, but without making it a law found in Numbers chapter 31, verses 25 through 34. Meanwhile, Saul, being very aware of his impending doom, committed suicide, and three of his sons were also killed. His tragic epitaph was that, quote, he died because he was unfaithful to the Lord. He failed to obey the Lord's command, and he even consulted a medium instead of asking the Lord for guidance. So the Lord killed him and turned the kingdom over to David. End quote. David mourned and wrote a song for Saul and Jonathan. It was during this drama that Mephibosheth was accidentally crippled. April the 20th, day 110. We read that David began to inquire of the Lord before making decisions. He was anointed king of Judah and made his capital in Hebron, where he reigned for seven and one half years. Subjects loyal to Saul followed Ishbosheth, who eventually regained all the land that the Philistines had taken when they killed his father. The last two years of his life he reigned as king of the northern tribes. Power gradually was transferred from Ishbosheth to David via a long campaign of conflicts between the two armies. Finally, David's mightiest champions were listed along with a few notable brief descriptions of their victorious exploits. There was a team of three of the mightiest warriors followed by a team of 30. Among the 30 was one soldier you'll recognize named Uriah the Hittite. I find it significant that the writer of 2 Samuel focused so much attention to David's organization of Israel's military leadership, while Moses' administration focused so much attention on the organization of worship leadership at the Tabernacle of Covenant, reference Numbers chapter 2 through chapter 4. This is but a reflection of the heart of the general populace that was iterated when they demanded a king, saying, quote, our king will judge us and lead us into battle, end quote. Reference 1 Samuel chapter 8, verses 5 and 20. This also explains David's overwhelming popularity for being such a successful military leader. Reference 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 16. And why God was so disappointed with their request when he told Samuel, quote, It is me they're rejecting, not you. They do not want me to be their king any longer, end quote. April 21, day 111, we read how commander-in-chief and cousin to King Saul, Abner, used his great influence to convince the remaining people that were loyal to Saul's son to unite with David. 
Abner sought to promote himself by sleeping with one of Saul's concubines and was offended by Ishbosheth's accusation of such. Circumstances being too premature for Abner to ascend to Saul's throne, he chose to make a lateral move to secure a place of high military authority under David by way of leading the northern tribes to unite with the southern tribes. After the agreement was made with David, Joab took the opportunity to murder Abner in revenge during a time of peace for the killing of his brother during the time of war and to protect his own selfish ambition for power, I'm sure. David's mournful reaction to this treachery, as well as for the murder of Ishbosheth while he slept in his bed, exonerated David from all guilt and won over the hearts of all the people. April 22, day 112. We read how, because David was anointed by Samuel, and because of his record of military victories, all the Israelites unanimously agreed to make him their king. Israelites came from the whole territory and partied for three days in great joy. Then after his nephew Joab earned the position as army commander in the battle with the Jebusites, he moved his capital from Hebron to Jerusalem, the city named more than any other city in Scripture, where he built a palace from the resources provided by King Hiram of Tyre. David continued to further violate Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 17, which fostered much strife and even violence in his family. His lustful indulgence will become his son's obsession. Consulting his military officials rather than the priests and Levites, David attempted to bring the Ark of God into his home city in the same manner as the Philistines did by not following Moses' specific directions for how to transport it. Because of their ignorance of Numbers chapter 4, verse 15, Uzzah died immediately when he tried to steady the ark. David became very angry towards himself and fearful of God's holy power. So they stopped and left it at Obed-Edom's house, where God blessed everything there. This ends this week's summaries. My next summary will pick up on the reading for day 113, April the 23rd. I look forward to your visit then. May God bless you.